Hi there, this is Stuart McKee, host of Musicians FAQ Podcast. Please join me weekly where we have music and chat with some of Canada's hottest artists. Dale Mack with his aptly titled song, Good Morning, and good morning to you. Thank you for tuning in. 
My name is Stuart McKee, and this is Musicians FAQ. guest this week is Dale Mack. He's a roots rock blues songwriter and he's from White Bear First Nation in Saskatchewan. He's a great storyteller and he's a soulful guitar player. My guest this week on Musicians FAQ is Dale Mack. Dale, welcome to the show. Thank you for the invite. Oh, it's my pleasure, man. Um, as I was saying uh, before the show, I, I don't know a whole lot about you as an artist yet. Um, I caught you on an interview with, uh, with Rhonda Head and uh, I was really impressed and I thought I'd reach out. Uh, so, Today we're talking about Dale Mack and, and his music. So I always like to go back to the very beginning. There's 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 no rocket science about the questions that I ask. It's just a casual conversation. So where were you born and what was your childhood like? I was born in uh, in uh, Saskatchewan, um, small town Broadview, just outside of uh, my late parents' home reserve, um, which is a bit north of there, Kakawishtahau First Nation. That's where they were living when I was born. Later in my years... Um, I started grade one in White Bear First Nation uh, in a nearby town, Carlisle, Saskatchewan. So small communities in the southeastern corner of Saskatchewan. Nice. Now, I'm not that familiar with Saskatchewan. I've been west. I lived out in B.C., and I remember it being flat, but beautiful. And people talked about, you know, the prairies being so flat and, you know, the excitement is the mountains and things like that. And I was like, you know, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed it. And I thought there's beautiful colors and we stopped about two in the morning just to kind of stretch our legs. We were driving all night and got a glimpse of the northern lights. And we stood there just hypnotized under those northern lights for probably an hour in the middle of nowhere, just staring up at the sky. Um, but, you know, we'd pass through Saskatoon and, and, and a few towns and things like that. Um, I'm not even sure. I can't remember at this point if we I think we did stay overnight somewhere. But uh, tell me a little bit more about the province itself. Uh, the province is kind of, as you described it, um... In the southern half, there's a lot of farm farm fields, a lot of different colors like canola, flax, wheat, you know, all the colors of, of the earth there, green grass, um, also pasture, golden golden harvest colors in the uh, late summer. Yeah. Usually around now we start seeing that. Um, the southern half, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of um, rolling hills, a little bit of oasises here and there, like my home community. Um, there's a provincial park, Moose Mountain, um, provincial park um quite the uh, quite the oasis there's rolling hills and whatnot and lakes everywhere fishing and whatnot so in the central half going north that's where you get into more shield area you're, you're seeing more pine forests um, canadian shield cliffs rocks um beautiful country in, this, uh, in the northern half of the province it's quite um quite beautiful um a lot of people uh, that i've interviewed uh, with or met over the years they they would say kind of the same thing wow it's so flat over there <laughs> and uh, I go, yes, but uh, I, I'm one of those guys who like, I like my views, you know. Yeah. I love the mountains, but after spending maybe two weeks in the mountains a few years ago, I felt like I needed to drive into Calgary away from the mountains just to see for miles. Right. Maybe it's just in my blood now, but I, I need to be able to see for miles when I when I go home. Yeah, like the Who song, I can see for miles. You know, it's funny though, my, my dad said the mountains made him feel very claustrophobic. And... Um, you know, I can relate to that. It's a little bit overwhelming. And I agree with you. I like the space. I like to be able to see for miles. And I, I thought it was just beautiful country. And I, I'd always intended going back. So getting back to the family and things. So were your parents 
family members musical? Not so much as I really dove into it. Um, my older brother, he kind of introduced me into music inadvertently. He was quite the the music collector. He'd have all these different cassettes and records in his room and CDs. There'd be like heavy metal and death metal, and then there would be like ACDC and Zeppelin. Nice. And uh, there would be Nazareth, or and then one of these, and then uh, this electronic computer noise. He just he later described as industrial music, and right, it, it was just all new to my ears, and I was just absorbing everything that I could. My parents weren't as musical. My father was, um, uh, he used to be in a in a in a, a powwow drum group, so they would sing our traditional songs at powwows and things like that. And they would practice upstairs in our living room sometimes on weekends. So he was musical that way in preserving language and culture. Right. My mother, um, she grew up um, in the 50s. She was born in the mid-30s. So her musical taste was the the um, 50s pop, you know, like the Everly Brothers and things like that. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, so where did your interest come into music then? I mean, you obviously have different sounds in the... Uh, or listening to your music um and i said i'm just getting more and more familiar with it but it, it doesn't have sort of those influences that you talked about with your brother <laughs> so where did i mean who are the big influences for you and, and what was sort of the gateway for you into music was there a song or an artist or mm -hmm. something that just triggered that and you said yeah this is what i want to get into yeah i think one of the first songs i ever heard was that that like how did he make that sound it would have been black dog by zeppelin Right. It yeah. was on a, on a radio station that that we picked up because our house was on a hill, so we could pick up the uh, the the radio stations in the U.S. at the time. So I would hear a lot of Zeppelin songs, AC/DC as well, um, the Highway to Hell album on the air, and I would try my best to listen and tune in. Very cool. I actually just heard a girl on TikTok last night playing uh, Black Dog on the banjo. <laughs> it was wow. the craziest thing. Uh, I'm a huge Zeppelin fan. Yeah. Uh, well, and it's, you know, it's the same for me. I think like your brother, I, I listen to everything. Um, but there are, I go through phases. I mean, you know, there's certain types of music that I keep coming back to. Um, so when did you actually, you know, pick up a guitar? Was the guitar the first instrument that you picked up? The guitar was the first instrument I picked up uh, around 12 years old when I was really studying and watching guitarists. One of the um, the more compelling uh, players that I've seen was um, uh, Clapton. I was never yeah. a huge Clapton fan, but I do give him props um, for his style. It, he really did influence a generation or generations. And uh, I would see these videos of him just slowly moving his hand across the guitar and all these noises were coming out. I was like, how did he do that? And then I kind of understood when I was later why they called him slow hand he just yeah. moved his hand slowly and all these noises would come out <laughs> yeah it's crazy i mean um my first introduction to clapton my brother had bought uh the slow hand album but i think the song that was on the radio and that i heard um was lay down sally and it seemed really mellow and i remember a buddy of mine's older brother or cousin saying you know clapton's like a guitar god i'm like really that guy like what so then i dug in and started listening to the rest of the album and then i went back and heard cream and then i was like oh okay i get it <laughs> but yeah i've been a, a huge devotee of, of clapton i mean his, his bending is just incredible his tone is incredible and he's kind of a bridge with a lot of the old um 
traditional blues and black music um you know to new generations as as the stones and other bands were um so um what what about the first song that you wrote do you remember that the first song i wrote would have been in a band i was in back in early 2000 2001 um it was my first shot at being a guitarist in a trio i was the only guitarist so okay. i uh i just had this little riff going through my head uh, and uh it was in the drop d and i just going da 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 it kept going down so i ended up putting it guitar and i just repeated that and uh, that became one of our first songs we wrote as a uh, an indigenous band in the early 2000s our singer was from the northern communities where English was not really the primary language. It, it was, but not so much. They really embraced the preservation of language, which uh, I'm really respectful of um, his ability to speak fluent Cree. So a lot of his lyrics and singing were in his first language, Cree. So that was our that was my one of my first songs I wrote with that band back then. Nice. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. Um, and then, no, are you... Is a guitar the, I shouldn't say the only instrument because it's enough, but I mean, do you play other instruments? Yeah, um, just bass. It's pretty much just a guitar four strings. That's the way I approached it. I know there's a different theory to it and different science to it, but I never really dove into it as much. I treated it as a guitar missing two strings, and I would uh, play less chords with it and just follow along with the songs that I wrote or, or my favorite songs like Metallica and things like that. Yeah, yeah, I think that's common for guitar players to kind of, pick up the bass but there's a difference between us as guitar players playing bass and an actual bass player and there's nothing better than a guy who's actually a bass player but i use it more as a writing tool when i'm recording at home just to kind of fill out the sound a little bit and, and get that uh, that extra little bottom end and were there other bands that you'd played in since or when did you finally go solo uh indifference was the first band we did um uh, that band we went on tour we had albums and things like that it was, it was a really hard market to get into in southern task it was unheard of at the time our band we persevered until spring of 2012 i want to say and then that fall i formed another mainstream band uh i automatic because i was kind of new to living in regina from a small community so we formed a mainstream band picked up on um, mainstream style of writing rock radio things like that um had a few surprise great gigs um, you know, we opened up for a Conline Crush, um, One Bad Son, um, played some different cool gigs as well with Bleaker Ridge, um, put out a single. Um, things things didn't last too long. I think it was too fast. It moved too fast for some people. So things kind of parted. But I was, it was already in my DNA by that time right. from having experience. So from then I taught myself to sing uh, along with my guitar playing. So it was around thir- 2013 when I put out my first single. Heart 
let me forget I just have to regret I guess I have to regret How far would you drive How far would you go Dale Mack with Small Town Nowhere. Now, what are some of the challenges that you find in, in, Sas- in Saskatchewan? I mean, is it a real, I mean, a lot of communities, my community certainly has gone through different transitions where we really supported live music and there's lots of venues and then we kind of had a downturn and I think it's starting to try to get back to that where was there a lot of clubs and a lot of places to play, a lot of support for live music and local bands or did you have to kind of go outside your town and outside the province to to really get gigs and mm-hmm. um, early on before the Junos came in 2013, it was that scenario. You really had to know somebody. They had to trust you. They had to be sure that you were going to bring in business um, and you really had to fight to get fair pay for, for a band. 
by you know first band first starting out the theme was exposure free fries or free pop or whatever um when the junos came to town it really inspired a community to come out as a whole and say hey we want to do that too we want to have a scene too we want to bring the junos back so i was part of a of a new generation of venues and bands coming together and saying come out fill our venue bring your friends and just just have a a good time and those good time nights or parties became album release shows they became tours they became local circuits for bands uh, playing four or five nights a week sometimes it was really uh, a scene explosion from 2013 to geez 2017 2018 that's cool that's awesome um well, I guess it's good that they moved the Junos around then. I mean, for sure, mm-hmm. I think that that really helps bring some awareness. I mean, it's a huge country, and and if you're not traveling the country, then we've got to do something to kind of bring the country to each person. Um, so, are you doing music full time, or do you have to supplement with with other work? Are you able to uh, to make a career in music? In Saskatchewan, it's a little tougher to get the market. You know, we're still we're still a little bit off to the side of everyone else in the main, the mainstream market. So. A lot of us do have to have day jobs as well. Uh, I do public service with the city, um, just do community work, um, dealing with uh, with the community a lot. Um, yeah, uh, the art side, it depends on the year. Um, last year was pretty pretty lucrative, actually surprising given the pandemic. I did uh, pull in some nice royalties because people stayed home and turned on the radio for a change. So it was right. nice that way. Now I've seen a little bit of a change, you know, drop in that because people are going back to work and anxious to get out there and, you know, get back into their normal routine. So that's right. Yeah, I, I, I know around here. I mean, I'd mentioned the Griffin brothers. I went out to see them last night and I'm interviewing them next week. They're going to be on an upcoming show. But yeah, it seems to be themselves, those guys and a lot of other people that I've talked to on the show. Um, James Anthony said all of a sudden he got about 10 calls in one day and everybody's opening up and everybody's scrambling to get acts and, and get staff hired and, you know. And I, I think it's try to capitalize in the summer as much as they can, especially for a lot of these patio places and things like that. Um, important for sure. Did you do a lot of virtual shows during during the lockdowns? Not a lot. It was new. It was new to me, and I'm so used to to having either an audience there. Uh, doesn't matter the size. I'm so used to being on a stage that it just didn't seem like I would have been able to fully connect. Um, I don't want to sound cliche, but it didn't seem real yeah. until I just gave it a shot. And then I was like, I've been missing out on this. This is pretty, pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I did one virtual show. I mean, I've never been much of a performer anyways. I've been more into the writing. I've always played in bands mm-hmm. as a support person. Um, but yeah, I kind of thought the same thing initially at first. I thought, oh my gosh, I hope this isn't the future of music. But then some people really started to do it well, put on some really great virtual shows and it became much more interactive. And depending on, you know, what kind of setup you had, you'd get a great sound and a great connection. I think I'd made that comment on one of the earlier shows. I mean, you almost, yeah. and, and it, it does become interactive. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it was, it's gotta be weird. There's that delay um, when you finish your song and then there's nothing and then the, everybody unmutes and everybody cheers and then everybody mutes again, <laughs> but it's, uh, it's just <laughs> different. But yeah, the, I tell you when I sat out there last night and in the middle of a crowd and it wasn't a crowd, everybody's nicely spaced and they did it well. Um, but just that energy, you're right. I mean, there is, and it isn't cliche. I think it's just, it's just the reality. I mean, it, it, 
better being with people and around people and the music has a different energy when it's live and when you're hearing it um, close up like that. So what sort of schooling and education uh, was it kind of with you once you discovered music? And I always like to ask people this, was it like, mm -hmm. boy, this is, this is my life. Was there a point where you said, this is what I want to do? Or did you always think you'd have to have a plan B or was it just, I'm all in? Well, at heart, I've always wanted to be all in, but uh, the, uh, the, re uh, the reality said otherwise, you know, you still have a son to raise, you still have a house to pay for and right. not every year is going to be the same uh, exact dollar amount. So, I did have to, you know, I, I, I do want my family to have um, a great life as well. So this isn't uh, just a hobby. Um, at first I thought it would be, but the way it took off, um, started to, to develop over the years, I thought, you know what, I need to hang on to this. Um, I'll still work, um, but this is what I want to do full time eventually when I'm done my, my, uh, my public service. This will be my retirement, uh, not retirement, yeah, my semi-retirement career. Uh, to supplement my uh, my other career if I have to supplement this one. So this has always been part of life um, as as one of the incomes. Um, arts career is basically it. Yeah. yeah. Now you mentioned, I think earlier, you're saying that, you know, during the lockdown, everybody's listening to the radio and, and you know, streaming and stuff like that. And you, you're actually making some royalties. But do you find, I mean, I, I guess we're only going back to sort of the 2012, I think you said, when you first started playing in bands. Um, and certainly things have changed. It's not like 20 years ago where, you know, royalties could set you up for life, but mm -hmm. um, are you finding it's that there is still some money to be made on, on royalties? Absolutely. There is. Um, it comes down to knowing how to market to, to, to stay afloat. Um, gone are the days of just throwing a, an, an album at the, at the local radio show and then boom, everything happens overnight. Um, right. But now you have to really market yourself. You got to get out there and somewhat almost peddle your wares. Um, not so much like a vacuum salesman, but uh, more about promoting yourself as your own publicist, your own record label, your own own agency, basically. And uh, people take you seriously once you start doing that because they know how invested you are. So there is um, something to be said about uh, marketing yourself and the returns do, um, they do reflect in the royalties uh, later on in the year. I thought that we could talk for a while I guess that fell through Well I believe in moving on like the weather Your memories, they last forever 
Just listening to Road Ahead, another great song by Dale Mack. Now, uh, what about upcoming shows, projects, uh, things? What are you working on? Are you going to be out with a band or just out playing solo? Or um, We're still being quite careful. Um, I do have a drummer. He's also working with uh, with youth, so he's very, he's very careful. Um, our bassist, he's, um, he's also my co-writer. He's still uh, working as well on the road, uh, driving just to uh, make ends meet during the pandemic, things like that. Things are a little tighter. But we do have a show coming up in two weeks. We're practicing for the um, the Regina Folk Fest. That's one of my bucket list items. It's been years since I've been wanting to play there, so I'm really oh, cool. thankful for their support and giving us a shot. Um, we're going to be going as a duo, uh, myself and the uh, and the bassist, Todd, Todd Wakefield. Um, they do have to follow... Um, uh, health uh, health restriction guidelines, and uh, we're cutting down on numbers on stage. So it's a, it's a duo this year. So we're going to do our set um, duo, and uh, it's going to be mostly new songs uh, with uh, with one or two uh, songs from the last album. Nice, that'd be great. Uh, any plans to come? Uh, I mean, once things hopefully things will open up um, and and border restrictions and things like that. Any plans to sort of tour across the country? Any plans to come here to Ontario? I'd love to go east. I've been just trying to break borders as far as networking, contacts, venue, contacts, artist contacts. Uh, I do have a few out there now, but then obviously 2020 happened. So we're going to make, we're going to stay in touch. Uh, we're going to try and do some shows. I've been invited to Montreal for a gig, um, Ottawa as well. So oh, cool. I'm going to try and break some borders that way and, and hit out that way. Nice, nice. Well, that's great. I, I hope I get a chance to see you. And hopefully I get a, a chance to travel your way again as well. We um, we had a son late in life, and so we wanted to kind of take him back across the country. We've done the trip several times ourselves, both mm-hmm. by car and by plane. And so it'd be nice to have him kind of, you know, see the country. Mm-hmm. We're looking forward to doing that and uh, meeting other artists. So it's it's been a pleasure talking to you, and I'm glad I, I got to become aware of you, and I, I look forward to hearing a lot more of your music. What about artists that you're following? Um, you know, who are some people that you want to throw some shout-outs to? Uh, we're going to be playing some music on the show, uh, not just your music, but some music from other artists. Who are some people you'd like to sort of put on our radar? Sure. Uh, I'm a huge fan of uh, of my, um, my very dear friend, Terry Uyarak from Iglulik Island. He put out an album last year, which was nominated for a Juno. Um, one of his songs that I really like listening to is called Inuit uh, Um I really high, I highly recommend that. It's a very uh, Canadiana. You've got the acoustic going and whatnot. He tells stories about his land. It's uh, beautiful music. Uh, another one that I've really listened to was East Coast Sound. Um, 
more of the indigenous East Coast sound. Um, Mike Byrne from uh, Holistic Territory uh, in New Brunswick. I think that's where it is. He's got some great uh, songs coming out of there. Another one was my uh, my late friend, my dear friend Kelly Frazier, a pop singer from up north. She would also sing about um, uh, just bring awareness to indigenous rights and issues that are still going on. She put her heart into it, her heart and soul into it. Uh, great, great pop music coming out of uh, that came out of her um, her area. So, a lot of the uh, indigenous market I really dove into in the last few years before it was all the uh, the usual favorites, right? Uh, great. Uh, great Big C, Big Rec, Big Shirt, Canadian bands, right? The Hip and right. things like that. True Canadian influences. Um, but I didn't want to overlook the uh, Indigenous contributions as well. Of course. No, that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, yeah. good. We'll, we'll look for those artists and we'll hear some of that music on the show, like I said. So, I mean, you brought up um, Kelly Fraser, is that? Sorry? That's right. Yeah. Um, and singing about, you know, Indigenous rights and things. So, obviously there's been a lot of people who you know are posting supportive things and you know wearing orange shirts and mm-hmm. you know flags are flying at half mass and things like that but mm-hmm. they're not i mean those are nice gestures but they're not going to really change some things i mean mm-hmm. obviously we need to educate ourselves and put pressure on politicians but sort of what what are some things that you think we should be doing as a nation um just keep going on the path of um this has been said a, said a million times. Keep going on the path of reconciliation. And that means feeling awkward. Um, I've experienced that a lot when people bring up awkward conversations. The person feeling awkward changes the topic right away. Um, yeah. You know, once we get past that awkwardness, it becomes com- com- common conversation and we can move forward together. Uh, I do that as part of my role at work as well. Um, do internal education and awareness. You know, I make... Uh, it's not my intention, but colleagues who haven't been raised around this this reality of ours, they feel awkward with these conversations. And the more we not throw it in people's faces, but just say, this is our life too. Let's work together yeah. and um, see each other as uh, partners and support each other as best we can. That's where uh, true conversations take place and education becomes um, just second nature in that area and uh, understanding um, helps to to prevent any recurrences and it ends stigmas and stereotypes. That's great advice. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, Dale, uh, I look forward to uh, carrying on this conversation probably in the fall and when you've got some more music out and when you're uh, out playing a little bit more and we'll kind of catch up with you and see how things are going. I, I um, look forward to that very much and I thank you for your time on this show. Thank you, Stuart, for everything, and I look forward to uh, to chatting with you again. So where can we find uh, Dale Mack? Tell us about your socials. Absolutely. Yeah, you can find me on my website, dalemack.com, straightforward, just like that. Type it in. You'll see links to the music, any news like that. I just recently updated my website this past spring when I thought, you know what? I need to put out a single. So I put out a single uh, uh, in honor of Father's Day, father's relationships with their sons. I, I wrote a story about a son and his father, and just growing up over time and seeing the... Uh, the the memories and the generations in there check that out um i got more more music on the way as well uh you can find me on youtube um i've got some uh, some links to my old uh, old songs there my last album upcoming performances uh i'm on spotify as well you can uh, send me a link there um every every like counts um i do uh, do get some uh, uh, some recognition for those i'm on twitter instagram and facebook dale mac music on twitter dale mac uh, music on facebook 
and uh, Dale Mac 2017 on Instagram. I actually I need to up to update that title and make it uh, Dale Mac official or something like that. So yeah, perfect. Well, that's great. Okay, so look for Dale Mac. He's everywhere, and and soon will be hopefully in a town near you. Awesome. Thank so, you once again, Dale. Thank you again, Stuart. dried her eyes when she fixed your tie I dried my own when you told me goodbye We never thought you would ever grow up so fast We tried our best to make these moments last It's hard to look each other in the eye And somehow I love you just doesn't suffice I just want to cry I stood outside your empty room once more Part of me listened for you playing on the floor Our distant hearts has me asking where I went wrong Hey, do you remember when we danced to that silly song? But now it's hard to look each other in the eye And somehow I love you just doesn't suffice I just want to cry the latest single from Dale Mack called Moments Last. What a beautiful song. 
We're going to hear one more song from Dale, a song called Rise Again, and then we're going to play a few songs from some of the artists that he had mentioned earlier in the show, including Terry Ulirak, Kelly Fraser, Mike Byrne, and Tegan Littlechief. I hope you've enjoyed this week's show, and we look forward to seeing you again on Musicians FAQ. This is Stuart McKee.
that's our show for this week. Thank you once again for tuning in, and thank you once again to my very special guest, Dale Mack. All of the music that was featured on today's show is easily accessible. I found it on Spotify. I hope you take the time to look up some of this music yourself. Some great music and some great artists, and I was very proud to have them featured on the show this week. I also wanted to give a very special shout out to John P. Brenner, who does a weekly show on The Groove on Saturday afternoon, and he features a lot of very fantastic local musicians. He's also featured some of my music on there. So John does his show every Saturday afternoon, The Groove, on CKWR. Thank you, John P. Brenner. You're doing a great job. Hope you continue for a long, long time.
Thank you for listening to Musicians FAQ Podcast with your host, Stuart McKee. We're here every week with great Canadian musical artists 